You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions, direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute, with today's host, senior analyst, and best-selling author, Don R. Campbell. Hi, it's Don Campbell, and welcome to a very special episode of the Real Estate Insider Podcast. This one is quite unique. I know we do a lot of interviews, we do a lot of discussions, but this is going to be a piece that was so special at one of our recent events that I just had to share it with you. And uh, as you know, we put on events across the country and uh, have fantastic guest speakers talking about really detailed information. This one here is a little bit different and I know you're going to enjoy it. Today's special guests and special presentation is by the one and only Bob Proctor. Now, I'm not gonna do the introduction. I have somebody else who's gonna do the introduction right after that, but I wanna set some context. This was at our big Acre Conference. We've been doing those conferences for over 23 years across the country, one in each major city. And uh, boy, oh boy, they evolve and change and update every year so that investors stay ahead of the wave. And what was so fantastic about this one is we had a large number of REIAs, Real Estate Investment Advisors, there on hand so that every question that people had could get answered. So it was extra special. Uh, And this was in Toronto. And uh, what we did is we we invited the great Bob Proctor to come and speak about a subject that is very, very important to me, but also he is very passionate about. He's been, as you know, been working with uh, investors and and people growing their businesses for decades and decades. And there is no better person to talk about the power of surrounding yourself with great people, people who will raise the bar on you. So without any further ado, and without a bunch more rambling, let's get to the person who's going to introduce the great Bob Proctor, and that is uh, my friend and the president of the Real Estate Investment Network, Richard Dolan. Well, I won't uh, take too much time in doing uh, the honor in introducing our speaker that opens up the afternoon. Now, for those who don't know, Bob Proctor was featured in the blockbuster hit The Secret. Now, for those who've never heard of The Secret, well, I guess it's still a good secret. <laughs> but uh, Bob has been widely regarded as one of the living masters and teachers of the law of attraction. And he's worked in the area of potential uh, of human potential and my potential for over 50 years. He is the best-selling author of You Were Born Rich and has transformed millions of lives from around the world. Proctor is now the direct link to the modern science of success stretching back to Andrew Carnegie, the great financier and philanthropist. Carnegie's secrets inspired and enthused Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and in turn inspired a whole genre of philosophy books. Napoleon Hill in turn then took that philosophical approach, that baton, and pass it into the capable hands of Bob Proctor. It's not every day you get to uh, introduce a man who's inspired you and transformed your life in some way, shape, or form, and I truly hope and invite you all to perhaps have him do the same for you. So why don't we welcome my good friend, and now your good friend, Mr. Bob Proctor. Thank you. Woo! I'm get that book out of here. 
Are you sure that's good? Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for me. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. When uh, Richard asked me to come over and speak, I said, he gave me an hour. I usually have three days. So, you know, I'm thinking, what am I going to do in an hour? And he said, well, I'd like you to talk about changing paradigms. And that's usually what takes three days. At any rate, that is going to be the direction that I'm going to take here. And I suppose this is directed at everybody. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the business, whether you're relatively new in real estate or whether you've been around it a long time. I think when it comes to paradigms, we're all working at the same thing. I've been working at this business now for 54 years and I'm still working at changing the paradigm. So that's what I'm going to go into. Now the, the beautiful part about this uh, business that you're in, that I'm in, is that we can literally create our own economy doesn't make any difference what's going on in the economy. If we have our mindset properly, we can create our own economy. I never pay any attention to the financial page in the paper. I don't pay any attention to the economists. I've been in business for over 50 years and I just keep sitting down building an idea and then go out and execute the idea. So if you've been, you know, playing at this for a while, I want to suggest you really pay close attention to what I'm going to go in here because it's information that I've studied every day for a long, long time. And I have watched individuals go from being broke to millionaires in a relatively short period of time. I, uh, I started, I was talking to Norm Trainer here and he was asking me if I had known Grant Sylvester. Um, Grant Sylvester was the head of sales for the Imperial Life Insurance Company. And I was thinking about Grant after Norm asked me that, and he heard me speak at a life manager's conference, and he, he come up afterwards, and he, he and I got together, and he said he had just taken over the sales force, and he had a goal of increasing sales by 50% right across the country. And I said, okay. But he said, no one in the company believes we can do it. I said, that's not important. It's only important that you believe you can do it. And Grant and I worked together and he did increase the sales by about 53% right across the board. Now at the same time, I was working with Prudential in the United States. This was the largest insurance company in the world and in a relatively short period of time, we had their sales going up by hundreds of millions of dollars, and it was paradigms we were talking about. We didn't call them paradigms at that time. I think paradigm was a buzzword that came out maybe in the 80s, and we play with it now. Most people, how many feel they could stand up and talk intelligently about paradigms for four or five minutes? How many think you'd have difficulty Wait a minute, how many can raise their arm above their shoulder? <laughs> I want to make sure this group is alive. How many think you would have difficulty? Yeah. See, the truth is most people would have difficulty, and yet it's paradigms that's controlling your finance. Yes, paradigms that's controlling your business. 
It's not our intellect. We've been tricked. We've been tricked in school. We think it's the intellect, but it's really not. Now, I started out studying this book a long, long time ago. A man gave me this, and he told me if I would do exactly what he said and study this book, I could have anything I wanted. Now, I was on the fire department in East York at the time. That was the best job I'd ever had. I had no formal education. I had no business experience. And so there was no way that I could believe that, that you could have anything you wanted. But you know, I didn't believe I could, but I believed he believed it. And I have since found out that was very important. Yet was what he believed because he started to coach me. And he taught me how to use this book. Now, Napoleon Hill is the author of the book. It's Think and Grow Rich. He spent his entire life studying 500 real heavy hitters, the top in business in the world. Yet he took the essence of what he learned from them, and that's what's in the book. It was actually in the laws of success or the laws of achievement, and out of that came this book. Ray said to me, if he spent his whole life putting this together, he said, I think it would be a very prudent move on your part if you spent the rest of your life studying, trying to study and understand it. Well, that made sense. Now, I had never read a book up until that time. I was 26. You say, well, you probably read. No, I never read a book. Never. And you know something? There's a lot of people like that. But I started to study this. And like I say on the screen here, when I committed to study and follow proven direction, my income began to change. It really began to change. You see, every entrepreneur with a disciplined mind and a good coach can create a substantial income starting right now. See, it doesn't matter whether you've struggled up till now. It doesn't matter if nothing's worked out right. If you get the right coach, if you get a person that's demonstrated by results, they know what they're doing, and then do exactly what they tell you. See, that's where most people fall down. They, they won't do exactly what they're taught. Now, I was very fortunate. I don't know why, but I decided that that's what I would do. And everything started to work. Now, you need discipline. And I was in the Navy, and I thought discipline was being punished. If I didn't do what I was told, they would punish us. They would have us running on parade squares, going through assault courses. That was not discipline, that was punishment. Discipline is the ability to give yourself a command and then follow it. You see, I think everyone knows certain rules. If you follow those rules, you're going to win. If you violate them, you're going to lose. It's that simple. So it's a matter of disciplining yourself to follow the rules. And when you do that, everything works out. Now, I started to follow them. And for 40-some years, 45 years, I was building a reputation. I was building a business. I spoke to audiences like, I don't know, there's four or 500 people here, from 50 people to 20,000 people. But I did a lot of speaking over 40-some years. Yet one night on Larry King, I talked to more people than I had talked to in 40 years. 
Ellen on her show, more people in 40, in, than in 40 years. And I got it on Larry's a couple of times and on Nightline. My income went from $10,000 of speaking engagements to $50,000 just like that. Everything changed, but I had been told that was going to happen. Hill said, when money starts coming, it will come so fast and furious that you're going to wonder where it's been hiding through all those lean years. Now, I had done well over that 46 years, but then, whoa, away it went. The secret hit a half a billion people. I was as well known in Iran as I was in Indiana. If you follow direction, you cannot lose. And if you don't follow direction, you might win, but you're going to struggle. This is so basic and it's so simple. I was talking to Richard about rain and he was talking. I said, well, do you have training programs in rain? I said, you're teaching. He said, we're instituting a coaching program. And I took a look at it. You can get coaching from $90 to maybe $1,000 a month. Now, if a person was to invest $1,000 a month in coaching from someone, if you're relatively new and you're probably wondering about this, if you, if you talk to someone that really knows what they're doing, that $1,000 a month could turn into millions for you. It did for me. If it did for me, it can for you. See, what we've got to do is follow direction. And if we don't follow direction, we're going to lose. Now, look at this for a moment. This is the inside of this book. He's talking about specialized knowledge. And he points out in the book, before we can go or be sure of our ability to transmute desire into its monetary equivalent, he said, you're going to require specialized knowledge. Well, that stands, I mean, that applies in this, doesn't it? You need specialized knowledge. You don't just go out and, and, and find a real estate agent and buy a house. That's the way the average person thinks, but you know that that's not the deal. Now, he pointed out down here further when he's talking about specialized knowledge, then he got in talking uh, what Carnegie had taught him. He said, the accumulation of great fortunes calls for power. And power is acquired through highly organized and intelligently directed specialized knowledge, but that knowledge does not have to be in the possession of the person who accumulates the fortune. Now, let me repeat that. The accumulation of great wealth calls for, for power. And power is acquired through highly organized and intelligently directed specialized knowledge. But that knowledge does not have to be in the possession of the person who accumulates the fortune. See, you don't have to have it. You don't. You can have mentors and you can have coaches. Now, just see, I was so naive when I got this book that the idea I might be able to do it without a mentor or coach never entered my mind. And I'm glad that I was that ignorant because I made one of the wisest moves you'll ever make. Now, there was two of my mentors, Earl Nightingale and Lloyd Conant. You try and buy their service. Earl was the most listened to man in the history of the broadcasting industry. He was the dean of personal motivation. Lloyd Conant was his partner. They built one of the largest self-help companies in the world, and my office was right beside both of them, and they were my mentors. 
Now, I had mentors before that, and I had mentors after. But I had learned a lesson at 26, when I first woke up and read this book, I learned that if you don't have someone guiding you, you might make it, but you're going to have one hell of a time because you don't know. And unfortunately, most people don't even know they don't know. Now, look it. My first mentor sat down, he wrote an R on a sheet of paper. He said, Bob, let that R represent results. And then he put three letters down beside it, two H's and a W. He said, that's happiness, health, and wealth. Then he asked me if I thought he was a happy guy. And I said, yeah, he looked pretty happy to me. He said, have you ever seen me sick? I had to admit I hadn't. He said, did you ever see me when I was broke? And again, I had to admit I hadn't. Well, he says, you've got to be one of the most miserable people I've ever met. And I was, I was an unhappy human being. And he said, you're always sick. I said, you don't have a terminal illness or anything, but you've always got a cold or a headache. And he said, you're always broke. This guy was never broke. He always had a roll of money on him. He said, I must know something you don't know. Well, that was the first thing that started to sink in. You see, I was earning $4,000 a year, but I owed six. And that's when he introduced me to this book. And he said, study the book and do exactly what I tell you. Now, I have coaching programs. It would cost you many thousands of dollars a year. And if you don't do exactly what I tell you, then I'd fire you. Now, you'll say, well, that's rather arrogant. Well, that's what I thought when I first heard it, too. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. I mean, why the hell did he want to coach me if I'm not going to do what he tells me? He's wasting his time and he's wasting mine. Yes, see, we're not disciplined to do what somebody tells us. We're not even disciplined to go to someone that really knows what they're doing and ask for advice. We talk to the guy next door who probably doesn't know a hell of a lot more than we know. We get four and five and six people together that none of them really know very much, and they say, let's brainstorm this. Hell, if any of them knew it, they'd be doing it. Carlyle said he did not believe in the collective wisdom of individual ignorance. If you want to learn, Go to somebody that knows. It's that basic. Nothing complicated. That's what I did. One year later, I was earning 175000 Now, that was in 1961. In less than five years, I had taken that over a million dollars. I have found earning money is a relatively simple thing to do, and there's all kinds of people in this room that would agree with that. Then there's others in this room. They really don't know about that. But you see, there's some people in this room that really understand that. I remember Marshall Field one time said, real estate is the only place to make money. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but he sure had a strong point. How does a guy go from nothing to over a million? He follows direction. And I still do that. I'll be 81 in July. I've got as much energy as most people, 21. I have absolutely no intentions of slowing down. I got a seven o'clock flight out of Toronto tomorrow morning to speak over in Philadelphia. And then I got a flight in the afternoon to go from there to Los Angeles. But they go when I want because it's my plane, not theirs. <laughs> you see, listen, anyone in this room 
can have anything they want if they follow direction. And everyone in this room has something to learn. I know I have a lot to learn. And I am going to keep studying and keep learning. Now, I've made this. I hope you can see this clear enough. I want you to keep your eye on the ball. These screens are not the best at any rate. See, I'm going to talk to you about the invisible side of your success. We say the mind is invisible. Now, no one's ever seen the mind, but we'll let that little circle represent the mind. And you see there's two parts to it, conscious and unconscious. But let's put a body on it and bring it down here and talk for a moment. Now, I want you to keep a real close eye on this because there's one heck of a good lesson here. You see, the conscious mind feeds the subconscious, and that expresses itself through the body in action, and the action produces results. Now, it's a strange thing, but you know, we are never going to be satisfied. Now, as a little kid, my grandmother pretty well raised me, and she said, you should be satisfied. Grandma was wrong. She was a nice person, but she was wrong. We should never be satisfied. We should be happy with what we've got, but never satisfied. Dissatisfaction is a creative state. You and I are spiritual beings. We have infinite potential. Spirit is always for expansion and fuller expression. It is never for disintegration. If we're going in the wrong direction, we've got to understand it's us that's causing it. If I'm going in the wrong direction, it's me. The person I should be talking to is always available. We have got to understand that if we follow spirit, spirit's always going to take us up and going to get us going for something bigger and better. And that's where the dream lies. The dream is right there. Now, here's what we want to realize. The dream is invisible. Nobody can see it. Earl Nightingale talked about it one time. He said, this great dream, this surging dynamic thing, invisible to all the world except to the person who holds it, is responsible for every great advance of man. I was talking to the people that own or run rain, and they got some big plans. They have some big ideas. And you know something? Those ideas will eventually turn into results because you see the results are the visible. The dream is the invisible. Now, it's this space in between here where we seem to have the problem. 95% of the population spend their life wandering around between the dream and what they've got. And it's up and down and in and out. And they never really get it figured out. School doesn't teach us how to do this. School has no idea of what I'm talking about. I don't care if you go to Harvard or Eaton or and none of the universities teach this. They never teach you how to earn money. I, I have talked to all kinds of economists, and they do not talk about earning money. They talk about how to store it, how to invest it, how to keep it, but not earn it. Earning money is something that rain's all about. Earning some money is something that you're involved in here. Earning money is a simple thing to do when we learn how. Here's what we want to grasp. The visible is the manifestation of the work that has to be done. The work has to be done up there, not down here. And hardly anybody understands that. Hardly anyone understands that. The mind 
You must understand the mind. This is absolute laws. See, mind is the invisible side of you. It's the invisible side of you. There's just absolutely no question about this. Body is the instrument of the mind. You see, the body is the instrument, and that's what we think. Pearson think this is me. This isn't me at all. I'm not, I'm not Bob Proctor. Bob and Proctor are two words. That's my name, but it's not me. I could change my name if I want. This is my body. You've never heard anyone say am hand or am leg. We say my hand, my leg, my body. Well, it's the body that moves into action and produces the results. But the results are all determined up here in a non-physical area. See, that's what coaching will teach you. That's what coaching did for me. I had absolutely no idea how I could do some of the things that I set out to do. And I was taught you don't have to know how to do it. You only have to do it. You don't have to know how to get there. You only have to know you're going to get there. Now, I had the good fortune of working with Ed Hillary on three or four occasions. He was the first man to ever stand on top of the world. No one had ever stood on top of the world. He failed twice in 51 and 52. But in 53, he and Tenzing Norgay stood right on top of this ball that we wander around. See, he learned something. Now think of this. Because we live in a physical body and correspond with the material world, all of our attention is on the visible. That's where it all is. It's all on the visible. That's not where it's at. It's not where it's at. I remember I told a story in a book about sitting down with a couple down the Prince Hotel. They wanted to buy a house. And I said, well, go and buy one. They said, we can't buy a house. We haven't got any money. And I said, you don't need any money. He said, what the hell are you talking about? I said, you haven't decided to buy the house. What do you need the money for? See, we let our physical results dictate what we're going to do. That's not where it's at. We got to start here and end up there. This is what we have to do. You see, this is where and why coaching is necessary. We've got to understand how to put the pieces together. I'm sorry you can't see that too well, but you know, I can't do much about the screens. Now I want to talk about paradigms to you. That was just a short lesson. Let's take a look at paradigms because this is very important, all right? Look at the areas of your life your paradigm has enormous influence over. These are all the areas they have enormous influence. Your perception, your paradigm controls it. Your use of time. You hear people say, I don't have enough time. Do you know that every one of us in this room, every one of us, no exceptions, get exactly the same amount of time. So it's what we do with it that makes a difference. It's not how much time we get, it's what we do with it. I remember Napoleon Hill asked Andrew Carnegie what he did with his spare time. He said, I don't have any spare time. All my time's accounted for. Interesting concept, isn't it? Your paradigm controls your creativity. It's creativity that put all these companies together, that put rain together. That's exactly what it was, creativity. It's your paradigm that controls your effectiveness, it controls your productivity, and it controls your logic. You know, people say, well, that's not logical. Then you're probably going in the right direction. Logic is controlled by a paradigm. And I'll tell you something else. It controls your ability to earn money. It controls your ability to earn money. 
It's pretty interesting. Now let's look at this for a moment. We are boxed in. I don't know if you can see that on the screen, but there's a box around all of that. We're actually boxed in in all these areas, and it doesn't matter how hard we try, we don't get it out. We're going to change how we use our time. Two days, we're right back where we were. We're going to shift our perception. I'm going to look at this deal different. And nothing flat, we're right back looking at it exactly the same way. You and I are programmed. We are literally programmed. Now think of this for a moment. When you make up your mind you're going to change your paradigm, and you don't even have to know what it is, but say, I'm going to find out and I'm going to change it. The second you make up your mind, you knock the walls down. The walls are gone. That doesn't mean you've moved, but now the walls are down. You can move. And that is the first step. Just imagine the change that would take place in your life if any or all of these were to change. Do you know something? The change would be huge. When you go from 4,000 to 175, and then over a million, that's huge. That's huge. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's permanent. Never goes back. I may have four or five hundred dollars on me. You could put me on a plane anywhere in the world, and I guarantee I'll have it multiplied in nothing flat. Do you know why? I understand how to earn money. I understand how the paradigm works. I understand how my mind works. I understand what to do. You come in and you want to make it big in real estate, you better understand you because it's you that wants to make it big. Real estate's already big. Yeah, it's a phenomenal way. It's got nothing to do with the economy. You say, oh, yes, it has. That's conditioning. Now, keep thinking. Let's suppose Let's suppose the only thing you shifted was your perception. If that's the only thing, you just changed how you looked at what you're doing. Have you any idea how that could translate in dollars? If the only thing we changed was our perception, do you know that perception is a mental faculty? Do you know that perception is one of your higher faculties? Do you know that your higher faculties are what separates you from all your pets? It's true. All the little creatures on the planet are completely at home in their environment. They blend in. You and I are totally disoriented in our environment, and that is because we have the ability to create our own environment. Unfortunately, most people don't know that. We can literally create our own environment. We have phenomenal abilities. We're God's highest form of creation. We have perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory. We have all of these mental faculties. It's phenomenal when you think about it. What is your name? Jessica. Yeah? Jessica. Jessica. I'll tell you something, Jessica and I, we've never met. No. Jessica is very, very sensitive. Jessica is super sensitive. You can turn her on, turn her off, just like that. You can hurt her feelings very, very easy. She's very creative. You should never take a job behind a desk because you're not going to stay there. You're all over the place. You have more ideas flying into your head than you're capable of, of handling. Now, and you're 
Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Hi. Now, I could say that about Jerry, too, and I would be partially right. But there's another side to Jerry. You can sit down, Jerry. Thanks. Jerry is super analytical. If you're going to sell Jerry something, take your time. And you better give him lots of facts and figures, because if you don't get them, he's going to get them, and somebody else may make the sale. He is a very left brain guy. He's got enough right brain to aggravate him, where Jessica's almost all right brain. You and I have got a lot in common, a lot more than Jerry and I have. Now, how would I know that? And I don't even have to ask them if I'm right. I know I'm right. I know he's a man and she's a woman. You'll say, Bob, that is brilliant. How the hell did you figure that out? <laughs> well, you see, everybody knows she's a woman and he's a man. But you know something? That is not true. There are people that don't know he's a man and she's a woman. They're very small. We call them babies. But the baby starts to grow and the baby starts to develop conscious awareness and they become aware of the difference in gender. But that's usually where the awareness stops at a very early age. What we've got to do is start to understand that if we keep developing awareness, we can walk by people and we know exactly what they're like. I wouldn't want to try to sell you something that you didn't want to buy because they're going to have to give him lots of facts and tell him you'll come back next week and give him all kinds of price to look at. Give him the facts and figures. you got a stubborn or a persistent streak in you as wide as this room. You're a very analytical guy. doesn't matter. It's like saying, who's going to lead? The leader's going to lead. He's going to run it, whatever it is. If we were on a commission, he would just take over and start to run it. Left brain people. Now, you see, how do you know that? you become aware. You see, the body is a mass of molecules. It's a mass of energy. And the body's in a high speed of vibration. You can actually photograph the energy leaving a body. You can photograph it. If they change the images in their mind, the density and the color of the energy will change. And you'll see it change, and it'll go out further, come back in. Well, you've got a mental faculty that can read that. It's called your intuitive factor. But we don't live with those. We go by what we hear, see, smell, taste, touch. Change your perception of yourself, and you're going to find your income is going to skyrocket. Now, to be able to shape your future, you have to be willing and able to change your paradigm. Joel Barker wrote that in a book way back around 1990. He wrote the book Paradigm. It's a phenomenal book. It's an old one, but it's a good one. If you want to shape your future, you have to be willing and able to change your paradigm. Now, if you don't even know what a paradigm is, you're going to have a difficult time changing it. And most people don't. And so they struggle, and they struggle, and they keep working at it. They give it everything they've got. Here's three questions about paradigms. Number one, what is a paradigm? Number two, how are paradigms created? And number three, how are paradigms changed? You see, when I first started to study the Word, I looked up in, in, in different books and in different references, and I'm going to tell you, you'd have to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, or behavioral scientist to understand what they were saying. Because you see, most books written by psychologists, psychiatrists, and behavioral scientists are written for other psychologists, psychiatrists, and behavioral scientists. The, the layperson doesn't understand it. So I decided I was going to understand it, and then I'd break it down. What are paradigms? Paradigms are nothing but a multitude of habits. That's exactly what it is. But get this, there are other people's habits that have been passed down from one generation to the next. Have you any idea of how much your mother and dad and grandma and grandpa's personality has been passed on to you? All their little idiosyncrasies. You even look like them. That's why you look like them. That's called genetic conditioning. And then we have environmental conditioning. Now, you see, this book 
changed my life. It really did. Here's a paragraph here. It says, there's a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one's ready for a thing until they believe that they can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief and not mere hope or wish. Now, belief is a big word. Yeah, it's a huge word. I have found there's only two sources of reference to go to to find out anything about yourself. One science and the other's theology. I don't care if you're reading the Torah, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the Bible. It, read any of them. Get the great psychological books. I'll tell you, you got to believe. William James from Harvard, he said, believe and your belief will actually create the fact. How do you believe? Then look at this line. Most people are hoping and wishing. That is going to cut it. You got to believe. When you believe, then you're ready. Now look at when you're ready, he points out, no more effort is required in order to aim high in life to demand abundance and prosperity than is required to accept misery and poverty. Yet doesn't take any more energy to earn a million than it does to earn a hundred. You're doing it with the same energy. The energy flows to and through you. And as it flows into your consciousness, you choose what you're going to do with it. It takes no more energy to aim high to demand abundance and prosperity than it does to accept misery and poverty. Now, you control your results. Don't let your results control you. Now, think about results. It's a rather interesting subject. Results. How do they happen? Do results just happen? See, the truth is, most people don't really analyze their results in the light of truth. That's what Ray got me to do when he got me into that book. He said, Bob, read this. This guy has spent his whole life studying the results of the real heavy hitters. Read it. Study it. Figure it out. And he said, your life will change. He got me looking at results. Do you know what results do? They always tell the truth. I don't care how smart you think you are. Ask yourself how much you're earning. Now, generally, if you ask a person that, frequently they'll say, well, money's not everything. That's a defense mechanism that a person's broke puts up. Money is very important in the areas that it's used. It's very important. Money's only used for two things. One, to make you comfortable, and two, to extend the good you do far beyond your own presence. I am very comfortable. I live a very comfortable life. I work most of the time because I love what I do. I use whatever money I need to satisfy my wants insofar as comfort is concerned. Everything else I use to build schools in Africa. We build a school every two and a half weeks. Our goal is to build one every day. Ignorance is the only problem in the world. That's the only problem. Okay? You know, every one of us is exactly the same. We look different. We're different nationalities, different cultures, different colors, different shapes, different sizes, different gender. Everybody's exactly the same. We just appear to be different. There's only one power, and that power operates by law, and we should learn that. You see, it's all about the mind. It's all about the mind. 
we should learn that, your marvelous mind. Now, I questioned whether I would go into this or not here, but I decided that I would. I don't have a lot of time, but I thought I'd do it anyway. Let's look at your mind and your paradigm. Now, when you go to talk about the mind, nobody's ever seen the mind. I have worked with psychiatrists. There's a psychiatrist in Florida that said I taught him more about the mind in one year than he'd learned in four years of medical school, five years of psychiatric training. One of the top psychiatrists in the city said she had never known a psychiatrist that knew as much about the mind as me. I always found that rather interesting since I just learned from a good doctor what I know and passed it on. You can teach what I'm talking to you about, you can teach it to a little child. And if you just think for a moment, that makes sense. If you can teach a little child two, three, four languages before they even go to school, do you think you could teach them how their mind functions? I can tell you, you can. The little child has no ability to reject your information. They'll accept whatever you give to them. Now, nobody's ever seen the mind, but there was a doctor in San Antonio, Texas, back in 1934, was very involved in the healing arts. And he said, he stated that the mind is an activity, not a thing. No one's ever seen it. And he said, that's why it causes confusion. So he said, here's an image of the mind. So let this image represent you and your mind. The top represents the mind. The little circle represents the body. Now, the top part is the conscious mind. That's the conscious mind. The bottom part is the subconscious mind. And the instrument at the bottom is the body. Now, in all the ideas I've learned, that is without question the most valuable idea I've ever learned. And the man that taught me that also helped me with another problem. I had been earning all kinds of money. I was up over a million dollars a year, and I started to question. I was working in England. I had opened a company there. And I started to question, how did this happen? How did it happen? I had been raised to believe if you're going to earn a lot, a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. I didn't think I was that smart. I'd been raised to believe if you're going to have a good job, you've got to have a good formal education. I didn't have any. I had two months high school. So I didn't have a good job. I owned the whole company. We operated in seven cities, Canada, the U.S., and England. And so I started to question, you know, if that's not true, I wonder how many other things I believe are not true. Do you know that most of your belief system, you didn't originate, you accepted it uncritically, you just inherited it. Yet we never, we never ever question it. We ought to question our most cherished beliefs. I was just down the road on airport strip many, many years ago. I decided I was going to figure out why I changed. It took me nine and a half years. And I was sitting in a hotel with another friend of mine. He and I used to sort of mentor each other. And he said, our belief system is based upon our evaluation of something. And frequently, if we reevaluate a situation, our belief about that situation will change. And like that, lights went on. Now, keep in mind, I'd been looking for nine and a half years. I had been reevaluating who I was for the past decade. And because I was reevaluating who I was and I was really studying me, my belief about who I was changed. 
Do you know that the blood circulates through your body? It goes through hundreds of miles of passageway every 33 seconds, like that. It carries all the food in and all the garbage out in one sweeping change. Did you know that, Jessica? You didn't know that. Most people don't know that. Do you know that your brain is the most phenomenal electrical switching station known to man? Do you know that just you can activate a brain cell and woof, like that, you can alter the vibration that you're in? The brain is an electronic switching station. Vibration is the law of the universe. Your whole being vibrates. Just like that, you can alter the vibration you're in. Now, when you alter the vibration you're in, you know what you do? You not only change your behavior, you change what you attract into your life. See, the secret got a lot of people jazzed on, on attraction, but they didn't tell them what it was. They didn't tell them how to understand it. It's a secondary law. The primary law is the law of vibration. Vibration is a law. Your whole being vibrates. This thing is a molecular structure. Yet it's changing at the rate of millions of cells per second. Well, let's look here for a moment. There's the mind, the conscious, the educated, the intellect. It's all in the conscious mind. The subconscious is your emotional mind. Now, this information is coming at you fast. You may not remember it all. That's not important. Just what's important is that the mind is important, that you understand it. You see, because you can think, you have the ability to choose, and you can choose what you're going to do. You can choose to struggle along and try and figure out how to make this happen. You can choose to think you're less than some of the heaviest hitters in the room, or you can choose to say, no, wait a minute. We're all exactly the same. They know something I don't know. Find a mentor. Find a coach. Get in the coaching program. Study it. Study the industry. And understand this. If you want to be a plumber, it's going to take you about five years. You're not going to master this overnight. But if you follow direction, you can absolutely master this industry. And you can earn millions of dollars. And I don't care if you are flat broke right now. That doesn't matter. But you've got to understand that you're going to do it. You have the choice. You have the ability to accept or reject everything I'm saying or anything anybody else is saying. What we should do is start rejecting a lot of the stuff we're accepting and accept a lot of the stuff we're rejecting. Most people accept what they hear on the news broadcast. It's a bunch of jazz. It's all bad news. Why do they use that? Because that's what people are tuned into. If it was all good news, we wouldn't watch it. Think. Reject all that. Get into good books. Study the mentors. You have the ability to originate ideas. When you reject that stuff about the economy, then you can originate where you want the economy to be. Now, your subconscious mind doesn't have that ability. Your subconscious mind is going to accept whatever you give to it. It has absolutely no ability to reject. It must accept. It's like the earth. It's immoral. It'll accept whatever you give it. And understand this. It cannot differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. You build a dream in your mind and get emotionally involved in that dream, and it'll happen. I have proved that to me. You can prove it to you. Now, with all that information that I just gave you, let's take a look at what we're doing today. Here you are today. This is you today. And you see, information's coming at us because we have a reasoning factor. Reason's one of the higher faculties. That's what we think with. And so because we can think, we can think, well, I don't believe all that stuff. Let's just reject it all. But we don't do that. Do you know what we do? We not only don't, re don't reject it, we leave our mind wide open. What do we say about the subconscious that had no ability to reject? We leave our subconscious wide open, and that information goes right into it. And we become the product of all this nonsense that we listen to.
Why would we do that? That's the paradigm. We're conditioned to do that. How did that happen? Well, let's close the curtain there for a minute and go over here. That was you today. This is you as an infant, and you're surrounded by people. What did those people know? I didn't ask you if they were good people. I said, what did they know? Most of them didn't know very much. Now, my parents were nice people, but they didn't know. They struggled all their life. They didn't know how to make it happen. They never taught us that it was easy to win. We were taught it's better to be safe than sorry. That's a bunch of nonsense. It's not better to be safe than sorry. You don't want to play it safe. If we had a contract to live forever, it might be all right to play it safe, but we don't. So here we are as babies, and we are accepting whatever is going on around us because we have no ability to reject it. And you know that you have an image of yourself, and that's where that image was formed. You actually built a self-image when you were an infant. As an infant, your self-image was formed, and that controls how you walk, how you talk, how you meet and greet people, what you think of yourself. And it was built before you could even think. Just like the language you speak, you learned that language. If you're multilingual, you're surrounded by people that are multilingual. I have a, a salesperson who's from Iran. He come over here as a baby. His wife is from Mexico. She speaks Spanish, he speaks Farsi, they both speak English. Do you know their kids speak all three languages? And Arash was telling me, doesn't matter what language you speak to him in, that's what they answer. And it's back and forth. You see, they're, they're fluent in three languages. They haven't even learned to go to school yet. They're only three. What did you learn when you were three? What did I learn? I can tell you what you learned. All you have to do is take a look at your behavior. That's what you learned. You see, that's where the paradigm was formed. Now, this is hard to believe, but here we are here, years later, living much the way we did when we were small. Now, you see, most people can't accept that. to say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, check your results. That's where it's at. It's so basic. Then we go to school. Now, school gave us valuable knowledge, but school never taught us anything about changing the paradigm. Didn't teach us zip about it. So we don't do what we already know how to do. You see, you already know how to do better in this industry than you're doing, but you don't do it. I know how to do better, but I'm not doing it. Why? Because the paradigm controls me. Am I changing the paradigm? I've changed it dramatically, but I'm gonna keep changing it. See, school gave us superior knowledge, but we get inferior results. So then what does? It, it causes confusion and frustration. So let's take a look. Here's the person here. They go to school and they gather all this information. School wants to know, did you get the information? So they give you a test. And if you answer it, they'll say, you got the information. Then they say, you're educated. That's why we have so many educated derelicts wandering the street. They don't know what the hell to do. They're programmed the wrong way. We're all programmed that way. And as we change it, as you start listening here and as you start paying attention, what you're really doing is shifting your paradigm. Now, just see, we don't get the results equal to the knowledge we've got. Why? Because it's the paradigm that controls the results. It's not the knowledge. You can know what to do, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it. And you say, well, if I did this, I know how to do it. And you step out and you may do it for a day. You may even do it for two days. And then you're right back into the old habit pattern again. And there's a multitude of habit patterns. That's called a paradigm. This is so basic. Now, if you want to change your results, you've got to change the paradigm. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not, but you can do it. Remember this? 
You don't need the knowledge, but you must associate with people that have the knowledge. It's pretty basic. I don't care where you go or what you study. Every religion, all science, clearly indicate that you and I have infinite potential. No one can even guess what you and I are capable of doing. So what do we need? Well, let's back it up. We need coaching. We need mentoring. Now, I saw a sheet. There's a sheet somewhere. You get a sheet there? Something about rain's sheet? Where is it? Is that it? I don't know. There's, let me see. I got it here, I think. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Rain coaching. And I was looking at this. I picked it up. I said, what's this about? And they say, it's something we're starting. Well, if you don't know how to make it happen in a big way, and odds are pretty good you don't, you want to go to someone in here that does know it. Now, the organization that's putting this on, I've only known a couple of them, but I do know they know what they're talking about. And what you've got to do is make up your mind that you're going to do whatever you have to do to master this. What's the best way? Go to someone that knows, and they know they know. How do you know? by the results they're getting. If they're getting the results, then you know they know. If they're not getting results, they don't know. So what's it take? It takes a decision. A decision. Do you know that we're not taught how to make decisions? This man wrote a whole chapter on decision. They pointed out in here, in the very first chapter, very first part of the chapter, all the big hitters, very successful people. They made decisions very fast, and they changed them very slow, if and when they changed them at all. I started to do that. Why did I start to do it? Because that's what the book told me to do. I've raised three children. I have never made a decision for any of them. As little kids, every time they come say, Daddy, can I? I'd say, what do you think? What do you think? I taught them to make their own decisions. Most of us are not taught to make decisions. So we go under and say, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And the person we're asking may not think. Thinking is the hardest work we're involved in, which is why so few people engage in it. We've got to make decisions. Now, here's something else. Robert Heinlein wrote a book, a great book, Back in the 60s, he was a science fiction writer, Strangers in a Strange Land. He said, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. Do you know that that's how most of us were raised? By people that did not have clearly defined goals. And they had become strangely loyal to daily trivia. And they become enslaved by it. And you know, many of us have been raised that way. 
you might ask, do you have a clearly defined goal written? In this book, he said, write your goal on a card, carry the card in your pocket, and read it as often as possible every day. I started to do that in 1961. It's helped me get anything I've wanted. It's a wonderful way to live. We are God's highest form of creation. Don't leave this room without finding someone that knows a lot more about this than you. You will save yourself years of struggle and effort, and you'll save yourself probably tens of thousands of dollars. The most expensive coaching program here was $1,000 a month. Most people will waste that at Starbucks <laughs> and learn nothing. This is so important. You and I have the ability to do something absolutely incredible with our life, but we've got to make the decision to do it. I think Rain is doing a wonderful job. I've only learned about it over the past few months. I've always had a healthy respect for your industry. I've done a lot of work around this industry. But I think of the whole industry, I think you're on the right track. And I do know, and many of you here know, that everybody in this room could become multimillionaires. You could become financially independent and then live the life you really want to live, but you're going to need help. I know I need help, and I've been studying my industry every day for 54 years. But I do know I don't know everything, and I want to do better, so I'm going to have to know more. I want to thank you very much for your attention. I want to thank Richard and Rain for inviting me here. I've obviously enjoyed myself, and Merrick, it was good seeing you again. See you all later. Thank you. You know, as Bob's heading out, I'm, uh, you know, I'm moved and I'm touched and I'm just absolutely humbled by his presence and his delivery. Uh, I've studied his work for now almost two decades and I'm absolutely proud to say that I'm a byproduct of all that he's taught and all that he shared. And I wanted to say on behalf of Rain Bob, uh, we can give you a basket of goodies, some cellophane wrap this or a basket of that, but we would like to invite you to be an honorary member of our RAIN organization. Would you accept, sir? Donald's actually exchanging cards. <laughs> wonderful, good, wonderful stuff. Standing alone, we remain weak. Everyone should belong to this organization. It needs strength. I'd be honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and engaging with the Real Estate Insider podcast. A bold look at reality. Share the reality.